You're listening to Let's Talk Creation, the science podcast that's just for you. Here we are, uh, back for another episode of uh, Let's Talk Creation with Paul Garner and Todd Wood. I'm Paul Garner. And I'm Todd Wood. And uh, Todd, we have had all kinds of technical difficulties and oh. challenges um, trying to get to this point, haven't we? Uh, this, and... this one episode, I think, is cursed, maybe. Maybe there's some devil somewhere that really doesn't want this recorded or something. Yes, we were meant to record this episode a few days ago. Yep. And uh, you had uh, internet uh, downtime. Yes, internet uh, so, difficulties here. Yes, so we had to, at the very last moment, reschedule. Yep. And uh, w- we are very grateful to our guest today, uh, who was very accommodating and uh, and has been able to re- reschedule this episode. And then today, yeah. uh, we've had more technical difficulties with microphones uh, not operating properly and things like that so well anyway uh we we are trying to overcome the difficulties and uh we've got a really fun episode i think uh lined up uh today i hope so yeah uh so so anyway before we get into today's episode i I just wanted to say as well todd that we've been very encouraged haven't we with all the messages of appreciation that we've been receiving uh, about the podcast and we get regular emails uh we do daily every other day it's pretty pretty frequent so yeah keep them coming thank you thank you everyone yeah and so that reminds us um right at the beginning of this episode if you are enjoying the podcast and you you're appreciating what we're doing then do remember to uh, leave us a like um share our episodes with your friends uh subscribe uh, leave us a positive review, all of those things, because all of that helps to make us more visible to other people and, and makes it easier for them to find us. Having said that, uh, today's episode uh, is going to sort of be a delve into uh, quite an interesting topic. It's something that I think uh, both of us have been thinking about um, quite a lot um, for some time. For years, uh, yeah. For it's years. gone off and on in my head for years, yeah. Yeah. And uh, basically the topic is what's in a name? We want to think about what do we call ourselves? What labels uh, do we apply to our uh, position, to the position that we hold? Uh, Obviously we're creationists, uh, but what kind of creationists are we? Are we young (laughs) earth creationists? Are we six day creationists? Are we new creationists or are we something else? Uh, And does it really matter? Does it matter uh, what labels we give to ourselves and to our position? And so in this episode, we wanted to dig into all of the various uh, options that are on the table and think about uh, the various pros and cons of these these different uh, names and think about, uh, you know, where do we go from here? And uh, in order to do this, we've actually invited uh, a very special guest, my good friend and my colleague in Biblical Creation Trust, uh, Dr. Stephen Lloyd. Uh, Stephen recently wrote uh, a piece in our uh, prayer uh, prayer news, our newsletter, uh, all about this question of what do we call ourselves. And Todd, you um, you read that piece, yeah. and it kind of uh, <laughs> spurred you to to write uh, another blog post also about this topic so it's it's definitely something that in the last few weeks we've we've had our attention focused on haven't we so stephen um it is great to have you with us for this episode of the podcast welcome thank you great to be here now stephen um i i've already mentioned that you uh, work with me in biblical creation trust uh, but how about you just uh, introduce yourself for the benefit of our listeners? Just tell them a bit about yourself and your background and your interest in uh, creationism. Well, currently I'm I work partly for Biblical Creation Trust, and I'm also the pastor of a uh, small Baptist church in Gravesend in Kent in England. And um, I've been been at the church now for about thirteen years. 
Um, I guess my sort of career before that was as a scientist. Um, I studied um, natural sciences, material science at uh, University of Cambridge, um, did a PhD there in electron microscopy. I did um, further postdoctoral research. Uh, I was, you know, I was very, pretty much embarked on a sort of academic research career, but um, in the end, the, uh, the call to the ministry sort of won out. And, and I think the, the whole thing about creation, I remember sort of going to university thinking I'm not terribly interested in this, but people in the church are going to ask me about this because they say, well, you studied science, you know, what are we meant to, to think about this whole issue? So I sort of felt I had a duty to sort of know something about it. And um, I, I remember thinking quite early on, you know, what, what, what one book will give me all the answers? And, and it suddenly <laughs> dawned on me, um, and I think in my first year as an undergrad, actually this book didn't exist. And actually there was a whole pile of stuff that didn't have any answers. And, you know, there were various um, contacts I made. There was actually an, an email network. This was more as a postgrad that Todd was on um, and various other uh, creationists. This was back in the sort of mid nineties. Yeah, yeah. That that's probably where I got, I started learning the most about the sort of more informed sort of creationism, if we're going to use a label. And, uh, and you know met with you paul and and yeah so there's yeah. more i could say but yeah that'll do yeah no that's that's very helpful um so you've been thinking about these kinds of topics for a very long time and since uh, 2011 i think it is you you you've been uh, working as a researcher and lecturer as well with biblical creation trust so it's become quite 2000 a big part of you seven actually 2007 oh it's been longer than i <laughs> than i remembered uh and uh, and and so it's become a very big you know part of of your your ministry um now this question of what we call ourselves uh it turns out not to be a, a straightforward uh, issue um it, it it actually is quite a complex question and has has many uh, different layers to it i think um I wonder whether we could begin um, perhaps just by exploring uh, the question of why should we even be concerned about labels? You know, what, why, why bother? Why, why don't, why can't we just call ourselves creationists and be done with it? Um, you know, what, what's the importance of, of, you know, ha having these, uh, the, these labels? Well, in one sense, I think we can, and we do call ourselves creationists because it's the most straightforward, simple label um, that at least to the to the non-Christian world makes sense. So you're, you know, you believe in God and you think God made everything. Um, I mean, when theistic evolutionists try and use that term, I think it, you know, on, on the argument, well, we believe God is also a creator. He just did it in a different way. I think that does come across quite strangely to the sort of non-Christian world. So, you know, so a creationist has, has something to be said for it, but it doesn't really say much about the, the details of what we believe or how, you know, the different sort of forms of that and the problem i think is that the the labels do sort of shape the debate and i think you know we've seen this with um you know other things in creationism you know the whole sort of when people talked about transitional forms you know sort of people like um you know kurt wise was saying well actually that's that's in the end an evolutionary term you know let's be more descriptive and call them you know stratomorphic intermediates and, and it's sort of reclaiming the terminology in a way that is um you know, helpful in, in accurately explaining where we're coming from. Mm. And similarly in baromenology, you know, we, we've had to um, really think carefully about the terminology that we use because the terminology, the, the conventional terminology is so embedded in an evolutionary worldview that we, we kind of have to go back, back to, to scratch really. So what are we looking for in, in a label? What, what, um, what do we need a label to, to do for us? You know, what, what do we want it to achieve? Well, it has to be a, a simplification because that's the whole point. I mean, to me, I think you're going to use different labels in different settings. You know, if I was appearing on a, you know, secular radio programme, you know, a label like creationist or something, you'd probably sort of do. If you're speaking at a, a, a conference um, with sort of a load of other evangelical Christians talking about creation with different positions, then, you know, something... That, that defines your position a bit more uh, is, is going to be helpful. And I, and I think the other thing is maybe something that cuts across stereotypes, because I think part of the problem is people think they already know what you believe 
or where, what your position is, whereas half the time you're actually trying to un, undo some of the, the wrong perceptions people have. So I guess I've always been quite um, favourable to trying to produce labels that are a bit uh, a bit provocative, almost almost slightly inaccurate, actually, simply just to try and, uh, you know, counter some of that sort of stereotype. I've always found it, um, to be honest, I've always found it fun to shoot down the stereotypes. Yes, I am a creationist. And yes, I know more about the science of evolution than you do, most likely, um, <laughs> when it comes to random people that I meet on the internet. Uh, it's always been weird to me that I've been able, you know, through my secular career, um, a lot of the colleagues that I interacted with, students and so forth, and postdocs, I felt like I could... I could articulate a better argument for evolution than they could. Um, and I think that's good. I think that is how we ought to be. We ought to know, we ought to know these things really well and be able to talk about them. And yeah, so it, I, there's a certain, there's a certain, there's a certain power to subverting the the expectations of people when they think you know you're just stupid and i shouldn't have to listen to you on the other hand there's also you know flat out you know bias and bigotry where they're not going to listen to you even though you are very knowledgeable and well informed so yeah, yeah i can see both sides <laughs> yeah i mean i think an example of one of the earliest times i sort of did that well that this was back as a yeah postgraduate student um meeting up, just a hand, handful of us meeting up with, um, you know, some of us sort of coming from where I was, but also some others, more theistic evolution. And I think we, we told them this was going to be a talk about young fossil evolution, or maybe young fossil evolutionary floodism. Um, and that, that was a sort of an early exercise in trying to sort of reclaim the agenda, the debate, and, and just to sort of explain where that comes from. I mean, if we're arguing, essentially my argument for the, about the, for, for the young bit comes from, you know, death coming after Adam's sin. So assuming Adam is reasonably um, recent, uh, at least relative to evolutionary timescales, that's going to place the fossils of dead creatures um, after Adam. So, so we're, we're talking about, so it's focusing on that argument of death in calling it young fossil as opposed to sort of young earth. Um, evolutionary to basically counter the idea that we believe in the fixity of species, uh, that in a creation model you have an awful lot of change over a short time. Um, it's a bit disingenuous using evolution in that way because it's different obviously to how the standard mechanism of evolution works, but it, that, that's why we did it anyway, it was to counter that, uh, that stereotype. And then, and then the floodism was the fact that in a sense we're not so much creationists as floodists in that we don't have an awful lot to say about the original creation, uh, but we've got a lot to say about the flood, you know, both geologically, but also, you know, biologically, you know, the in a sense, our job today is to explain how the sort of the, the variety of life we find today and the places we find it today came from all the creatures that were on the ark. So mm -hmm. that, that, that's why we sort of put that focus on, on, on flood, which again, is often ignored um, by, by Christians. They sort of think that flood's irrelevant, whereas the flood in some ways is the more central doctrine. Hmm. And quite often, you know, subverting people's expectations in this way can be a good conversation starter, can't it? It can sort of intrigue people because they have all, they come with all of these preconceptions. They, they come with all of this baggage. They think they know what you're about. And actually quite often they don't at all. <laughs> no um, idea. No, no idea. And, and, and being able to sort of you know, uh, intrigue them in, in that way helps to get a conversation going. So that, that's very helpful. Now, obviously, that one of the, the, the main labels uh, that's used to describe creationists is young earth creationist. So I guess we, you know, we should begin by thinking about young earth creationist. Um, I'm not sure where that label came from originally, whether it was something that was self-applied by creationists to themselves or whether it was something that we were called by uh, by others. Um, but it, it's become a label that, that, that has stuck. 
Um, so what do you think are some of the pros and cons of that particular label, Young Earth Creationist, Stephen? Well, it does do the job of distinguishing us from people that are accepting the sort of evolutionary timescale, even if they're saying that that sort of God has uh, created everything miraculously at different points, a sort of old earth creationism. You know, so it does it does sort of that job of distinguishing a position. I think I think one of the problems is it doesn't really focus on. Or, or it's not immediately obvious why why does this in those, that terminology, the age of the earth matter? Why does it matter that the earth is young? Um, young or old and 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 actually in a, in a young earth framework you know thousands and thousands of years to me actually is a long time so you know it's only young relative to a, a framework that we disagree with so it's yeah. you're sort of defining yourself by your by your opponents which is <laughs> slightly strange but i think i think culturally it has a problem in that it's it's almost a sociological label it's um the way it's heard, at least by people in this country, it, it's you'd be seen as something American if you say you're a young earth creationist, um, and oh, it would no. be assumed, and it would be assumed <laughs> that you voted Republican, you know, which has got absolutely nothing to do with the issue whatsoever. But but that is how it, it sort of categorizes this sort of social group, um, and and also you'd be basically seen as a sort of dangerous, unhinged lunatic. Um, it has that sort of connotation um, in in the in the wider culture. So, so those, and, and that, you know, isn't, isn't a sort of, uh, doesn't have to sort of totally flaw using it because after all, you know, Christians have always been despised in different ways that that's, you know, that's, that's, that's fair enough, but it's, it's more the sort of inaccuracy of it that, that bothers me. Mm. Now, Todd, there is a there is a kind of variation, isn't there, on young earth creationism, which is yeah. young age creationism. Right. Um, do, you, do you want to just unpack that a little bit, Todd? Yeah, um, sure. You know, about how, how this term arose and, and, <laughs> and why it's different from young earth creationism. Yeah, I heard it from Kurt Wise uh, 30 or 20 some odd years ago. Um, and he wanted to distinguish that, you know, uh, it's not just the earth that's young, right? He just said everything's young. So the age of things is young, not old. Um, uh, so, yeah, so technically you could be a young earth creationist, right? Uh, but still just shrug your shoulders at the Big Bang and cosmo conventional cosmogony and say that, you know, hey, the, the universe is billions, but the earth is young. I'm not sure specifically there are any that do that anymore. Um, I know that there are some that have a sort of an old universe recent life position, hmm. uh, but that's different from actually de novo creating the earth thousands of years ago. But anyway, that was a yeah. shade of meaning that he, that he wanted to emphasize. I've sort of adopted that and I try to use that over the young earth creation, which I think is less, um, less specific i think that i think he's right about that um yeah yeah so that's where that came from uh but yeah. it's interesting that you mentioned you know where does where where does the young earth where does the young earth label come from because i am not entirely sure mm -hmm. i've looked up where creationists came from uh ron numbers has a nice paper about that um that talks about how that terminology has changed over the years and come to be applied to essentially the young earth position but uh the actual descriptor young earth i'm not sure where that came from that that's an interesting question yeah that would be an interesting project for, for yeah. a student to, to look yeah. at that um and it sort of and, brings up sorry just this this thought of sure. of how these labels travel in history because you know, we're sort of talking about this as being a sort of a new label, because I think, you know, if you'd ask someone, you know, John Calvin or something, you know, are you a young earth creationist? I, I think he wouldn't quite have understood the question. Um, it's just not yeah. the sort of terminology they would have used. So, you know, I don't think this is essential, but I think if you can have a label that does potentially travel through history, that that does help in, in sort of showing the continuity of what we are saying 
with with just mainstream Christianity. I mean, almost one of the things I'm always trying to do is to say, well, actually, there's nothing odd going on here. You know, there's nothing to see here. This is just normal mainstream bog standard Christianity that people have believed, you know, down the centuries. You know, we're just normal. So and a a label that reflects that would, would be a good idea. Yeah, sure. And another label which is kind of often closely associated with young earth creationism is six day creationism. Yeah. Uh, I've I've heard lots of creationists who describe themselves that way. They say I'm a six day creationist. Um, and I think that's that's got some potential drawbacks as well. Stephen, do, do you want to just talk about that for a moment? Yeah, I mean, again, it's it's the label draws your attention to presumably what you think is most important. Mm. And so putting this emphasis on six days as if it's it's how long the days are in Genesis that is the most important thing. And, and I don't want to un- minimize its importance. This is scripture. This is what God says. You know, everything is really important. But it's it's not immediately obvious why it's of theological significance, you know, how long the days are. Whereas a sort of argument more about death and suffering, I think, does have a, a more direct um, you know, implication for the atonement, the resurrection and just just core Christian theology. So that's where I would always want to sort of more focus on. So I think it puts the emphasis in the wrong place. And I think you also have this problem of, of you know, are, are you a literal creationist? Are you, you know, this whole t- use of this term sort of literal, which, you know, we sort of know what people are getting at, but it's sort of, you know, missing the point, you know, when, uh, you know, Jesus talks about being a gate or something, he doesn't mean he's a block of wood, you know, there's, um, and you can, and you can have m- metaphor, you can have, um, all sorts of literary stuff going on in a, in what is a, if you like, historical account, which is to me what goes on in Genesis. There are bits of metaphor in there. Um, there are, but but it's um, so yes. Yeah, so I think the term literal is 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 generally pretty unhelpful. Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, one of the other terms that has um, become quite popular at least with certain people um, these days is the label um, new creationist uh, or neo-creationist ah uh, uh, yes uh, and uh, this is a, a label that some of us apply have applied to our own position um mm-hmm. some I, people have written books some of us have yes written some books. of us wrote books about it yeah <laughs> <laughs> <You know? laughs> I, uh, yeah, I, I wrote a book, The New Creationism, and mm-hmm. um, partly I, I did that because I wanted to emphasise um, what I did think was new about creationism since, for example, the publication of the Genesis Flood in 1961, because there are lots of people who've, you know, heard about creationism, think they know what it's all about, but actually don't really know very much about um, creationism in its modern form. And uh, but lots of people have asked me about that. You know, what's this new creationism? How is it different from the old creationism? Um, And uh, more recently, of course, others have uh, applied this label to us. They see something distinctively different about perhaps uh, a new younger generation of creationists. Uh, Todd, um, what do you think about this term? new creationist is it a very helpful term do you think i guess it depends on what you think you're trying to do um so in my younger years when i was new at this um and i was getting in more uh, how would i say this more aware of the wide variety of creationists and i became aware of sort of this uh, how would we describe this sort of the fringe the 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 far wing of creationists where you have people who they go hunt for bigfoot and they talk about ufos and they think the government is out to get them and and then you have beyond that you have some who are just essentially fraudulent right they're pushing fraudulent ideas and i don't know if they're just completely delusional or if they're intentionally con artists it's hard to say um 
but it seemed to me when I, you know, as a young person, I, I don't want to be associated with that sort of creationism. So I, you know, I thought like we needed, we need a better word because we have to distinguish ourselves because we're the serious ones and they're not serious. And yeah, I've, I've, I've grown up a little bit since that, since those days. Um, I still, you know, to me, you know, call a con artist a con artist, and that's, you're done with that. Con artists, there's evolutionists who are con artists, there's atheists who are con artists, and there's Christians who are con artists, and it's not, nobody has a monopoly on thieves and liars and cheats and that sort of thing. Um, but I don't know that I like, I don't know that I like setting myself off i'm i'm the real i'm the best creationist or something like that it's just there's just something so arrogant about that and 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 i don't like drawing that line in the sand anymore um maybe i ought to but i don't uh, i just feel like we're all we're all on this journey whether we like it or not and i get rebuked sometimes it's very interesting well you know i wrote i i, I had a years-long relationship with Daryl Falk as we were trying to understand ourselves. And I would oftentimes talk about, you know, other creationists in a, you know, very inclusive way. You know, this person is a creationist just like me, and I'm more similar to this creationist than I am to Daryl. And Daryl always was very annoyed with me for that because he felt like, no, you're nothing like those people. Don't, <laughs> you're nothing like those people, right? So don't, don't put yourself in that category with those people. And, and I, I, uh, we, <laughs> you name the name of Christ and you, 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 Jesus is Lord and you think the earth is recent, uh, and divinely created and there was a global flood. Yeah. We're together, whether you like me or not, and whether I like you or not. <laughs> <laughs> so it just seems to me that there's that names can serve different functions, right? One one function is to sort of set us off from things that we think are really important. And then another function is to sort of create divisions that maybe, maybe we ought to be looking at ways to bring people together rather than to divide us up and say, I'm not like those people or they're not like me or whatever. And I know there's a lot of people who want to put me in a category for that very reason because they think I am not like that Todd Wood guy. Cool. I'm not going to be, yeah. I, I don't want to be that way. It is fundamentally a sort of negative term, isn't it? Because you're defining yourself. I'm not, I'm not quite like those other, yeah. those other people, which, yeah, I agree, isn't terribly helpful. And it is, it is divisive. I mean, we're small enough as it is. Um, and yes, we can have our different approaches and differences, but let's not magnify that in the labels we use. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I, I agree with all of that. I, I think there is... Um, there is a distinction to be made between being a, a creationist in the positive sense and being an anti-evolutionist. Mm. Um, and again, that was something else I was I was trying to sort of draw out in using the term new new creationist, mm. um, because you know we, we're very interested um, in building a positive creationist model in in not just attacking evolution or poking holes in evolutionary theory but in trying to construct a, a robust um, scientifically and biblically sound um, alternative, you know, building, constructing scientific theories on a, on a biblical foundation. And I see that as creationism proper. It's, it's the attempt yeah. to understand the history of the world from yeah. a biblical perspective. And that's different from anti-evolutionism because actually you can be an anti-evolutionist and not be a biblical creationist in that sense. You can just oppose evolution and hold all kinds of other, you know, ideas that are not biblical ideas. Yeah. I've read books like that. I'm sure you all yes. have. Um, <laughs> I was just thinking of that. We have we have we have a book in our library that's that's written by an agnostic who is an anti-evolutionist, which is yeah. just really strange. <laughs> yeah. So, so again, that's a distinction I think we can make between creationist and anti-evolutionist because they're often sort of lumped together or, you know, sort of, sort of mud, the, the waters yeah. are sort of a bit muddy. And that is a, pra to me, that is less divisive and more just practical. You mm -hmm. go to, you read an anti-evolutionist book. Sometimes I read 
creationist creationist books that I literally cannot tell what the author's position actually is. Mm. All I know is he doesn't like evolution. <laughs> And so I get done and I think, I don't, I don't know our, we have a cataloging system for our library and it's based on things like progressive creation, gap theory, creation, theistic evolution, young age creation. And I get done with this anti-evolution book and I don't know, I guess we'll put it in the anti-evolution category. We, we have one of those now because it doesn't actually take a position. So I, I think there is something really practically useful about that. And, and I like to ask people, you know, what, well, if that's not right, well, then what do you think is the real explanation for this? And sometimes that gets them thinking and sometimes it doesn't. <laughs> it just depends on the person, I think. Yeah. Now, that's a good uh, place to break. Uh, we, we just want to go to a couple of ads and we'll be right back in just a few moments. You've been listening to Todd and Paul Talk Creation. If you'd like more information about any of the subjects discussed in the show, please visit us at coresci.org slash podcast. That's coresci.org slash podcast. Are you confused about creation and evolution? Are you intimidated by people who tell you that only morons believe in creationism and that evolution is a proven fact? What if these challenges aren't merely problems to be solved, but an opportunity or an invitation to a lifetime of discipleship seeking God? This is the subject of The Quest, Exploring Creation's Hardest Problems, a book written by me, Todd Wood, and it presents a unique perspective on creation and evolution that encourages faith, commitment, and curiosity in the face of uncertainty. Science and biblical creation walk hand in hand as we explore God's creation. God calls us to experience the joy of questions and the beauty of his handiwork on the quest. It's available today at coresci.org quest. You've been listening to Todd and Paul Talk Creation. If you'd like more information on sponsorship opportunities, or maybe you'd like to have a product or book reviewed or discussed on our podcast, please contact us at podcast at that's podcast at corsi.org. Well, welcome back after the break. Uh, we're continuing our discussion about labels. What do we call ourselves? What is in a name? Another term, uh, Todd, that has been uh, used for our creationist position uh, was actually proposed by Dr. Leonard Brand in his book, uh, Faith, Reason and Earth History. I think uh, that's where it it was used and pr probably in some papers that Leonard has written. The term is informed interventionist or intelligent interventionist. Um, now, what, what do you think of that term? It's, it's obviously very, very different from the, the kind of yeah. terms that people are used to. Yeah, it's, it's, it's got no cultural awareness to it, right? So if you described yourself as an intelligent interventionist, it's going to be a, a, a wide open door to a long conversation about, well, what do you, what do you actually think about these things? What's an unintelligent, yes. <laughs> you know, any people that are unintelligent interventionists? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah. So it has the option. It has that, I guess, advantage that, that, it opens conversation, but it doesn't, it's not widely communicative. It's not widely understood. So if you described yourself as that to an audience, for example, no one would have any idea. But the basic concept, as I understand it, is that he wants to emphasize that it's not just the original creation that's important. It is not only the original creation that's important. Not that that's not important. It's just not the only thing. So he wants to include things like um, the flood, uh, the Tower of Babel, uh, the, um, the miracles, the establishment of Israel, the establishment of David's kingdom, all the times in which God has worked in a special, personal, unique way in the history of the world. Might, we might call it miraculous. Um and that those are sort of interventions in history that God has sort of inserted himself and, and done a special work. And so, the, as I understand the idea, it is bigger than just 
emphasizing creation or what day that happened on or, or when and that sort of thing. So, yeah. Yeah. So that's where, yeah, that's where the idea comes from. I, you know, it's, it just strikes me as too weird. I, I, <laughs> there's a, there's a, when we think about these kinds of labels, there's a lot of marketing ideas that have to go into it, right? What, what sounds good, what rolls off the tongue, what communicates the important ideas and that sort of thing. And I, yeah, interventionist, nobody knows what that is. So it's not a good, necessarily a good brand recognition at this point. That's a funny word, brand recognition for brands ideas. But anyway. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, I like your point, though, about, um, I mean, I, I agree it doesn't really work as a, as a, as a label for those reasons. But, but the way that it's emphasizing the sort of link between creation and everything else God does, you know, creation isn't this, this funny separate thing. It's all tied together with everything else in redemption. Yeah, and, yeah. you know, the God, the God who intervenes at the beginning, he's intervening all the way through. That's, yeah, that's the great yeah. God he is. Yeah. Now, Stephen, I, I know that um, because of all of these discussions that we've had over the years about uh, labels, uh, we have sort of tried out lots of different labels ourselves, haven't we, in Biblical Creation Trust? We've, we've sort of, you've proposed quite a few different um, alternatives. Um, the one that we've kind of used almost as a, a kind of branding uh, ourselves for our, for our own organization is biblical creationist. I mean, it's there in the name, isn't it? Biblical creation trust. Um, and I, I, I guess it has the advantage of emphasizing that we are explicitly beginning with scripture. Uh, but again, you know, it has some uh, disadvantages too, doesn't it? So, so what do you see those as being? Yeah. I mean, I guess we, we, we have that, uh, that name and I think it, you can get away with it as the name of an organization. Uh, I'd have to say that, wouldn't I, as, as part of it, you know, <laughs> partly for historical, because we, we are sort of um, connected to the, what was the biblical creation society, um, you know, which, which sort of pre-existed us. And so we were trying to create some continuity there. So there's sort of all sorts of idiosyncratic reasons why you can have a, you know, a name like this. I mean, I think the problem is that it's, it's just a bit too sort of vague and, um, you know, a theistic evolutionist would say, well, I'm biblical too, you know, and this sort of yep. uh, I'm more biblical than you type approach is not terribly, uh, well, it's not very, it's not very helpful for having a, a sensible discussion, I don't think, um, when that, when that is sort of, if that's how it's heard. Yeah. Uh, and the same criticism can be made of just the term creationist, can't it? Because as Todd said earlier in the episode, uh, theistic evolutionists these days quite often want to be called evolutionary creationists. They they want to sort of claim that label for themselves, and yeah, it's a great name. Yeah. I, I've always everybody I, wants I, it. <laughs> everybody wants it. I I I I must confess, I I find that slightly peculiar because yeah. creationist does come with such a lot of baggage yeah. that I'm kind of surprised that theistic evolutionists want to claim it for themselves. And I wonder if it's something particularly to do with the, perhaps the American context where perhaps theistic evolutionists are very concerned that they want to appear orthodox and in, in yeah. a, a, a historic yeah. Christian tradition. And so they want to claim yeah. that, that, that term back. But yeah. Uh, and but, I think that's, I think there's, I think that's uh, uh, there's some real uh, don't know how to describe it. It's it seems risky and dangerous. <laughs> mm, yeah, maybe that's a bad way to describe it. But but yeah, when you have sort of the unsuspecting high school kid who is told by a theistic evolutionist, yeah, I'm a biblical creationist. Yeah, then suddenly credibility and we have a connection and. Yeah. They don't mean anything by those words that you think they do. Um, and and I don't think it's a deception because they really do believe that they are biblical and that they're creationists. But at the same time, uh, yeah, I see an urgency for people to be aware of of these kinds of words and how how they're used because, yeah, there's there's risk there. There's real yeah. there's genuine risk. 
involved. And I think yeah, this anyway. is partly cultural because here in the UK, it would probably be the opposite kind of conversation where theistic evolutionists are wanting to distance themselves from creationists and say, we're not, <laughs> we're not creationists. <laughs> we don't have anything to do with that. <laughs> no. Yeah. yeah. Um, Stephen, um, you've proposed a number of, uh, of other alternatives over the years, dogmatic uh, I'm sorry, that was that was uh, someone else's, wasn't it? Dogmatic creationist. Uh, I think Hans Madawamy proposed that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've proposed <clears throat> you've proposed canonical creationism, chronological creationism, Christ-centered creationism. They all begin with C, uh, so they ha- they have the virtue of alliteration. Yeah. Um, just unpack some of those uh, alternatives for us and tell us what what you had in mind as you were thinking about those. It's a preacher's curse, isn't it? The alliteration. Um, although <laughs> I must admit, I, I normally shy away from it as a as, as a preacher. But um, yeah, I mean, it's interesting. Often these things have come about because of a particular context. And and for example, the canonical creationism came from some sort of lectures I was doing in a seminary on on sort of science and Christianity, and I was describing different sort of models for sort of relating things. You, you had complementarianism or um, concordism and this sort of thing um and and I was wanting another sort of C to to sort of go alongside that um which is where I came up with this canonical creationism which in a sense is the same as as biblical creationism I suppose but I was using the the sort of idea of you know canon as in referring to the sort of the fixed body of scripture to Mm. to partly convey yes we're starting with scripture that's that's key to this position uh, that's the whole point uh, but also canonical in a sense we're using all of scripture it's it's not just about genesis one um it's actually the you know the whole of christian theology the whole of scripture it's as much about the new testament as the old testament i mean that's a maybe a topic for another time isn't it that um i, I think you can do the whole of creationism from the new testament um you know it's it, you know I, I i get so fed up with um you know pe- people refusing to comment on this because they say oh i'm not an old testament scholar no, I don't mm. care. It's all in the New Testament, you know. Um, so, sorry, I'm getting um, on my on my high horse. But and and I think the other thing is is it's a limiting term as well because because Scripture only talks about certain things. Um, you know, Scripture doesn't actually tell me a lot about um, dislocation mobility in metals, for example. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not going to it for that. There's there's it doesn't tell me a lot about genetic you know mechanisms of variation. Um, you know, it does tell me there was a global flood. You know, it does tell me what God made on, you know, day four and this sort of thing. So so it's, it's a sort of limiting term, too, that um, we're focusing on what scripture actually talks about. So uh, so that's sort of where that that term came from. Shall I go on to some others or? Yeah, chro- chronological creationism is, is an interesting one because you actually wrote a paper, didn't you, that was published in the Foundation's Theological Journal. And we'll link to that in the show notes. Um now, chronology is interesting because obviously, you know, as creationists, we are in, you know, really interested in, in this whole issue of chronology. Uh, what were you trying to do by sort of making that part of the name? Yeah, I think, I mean, that paper was written as, as a sort of an alternative to a, a previous paper that had been been written, you know, basically saying, you know, the age of the earth isn't isn't really an issue. And so I was trying to sort of recast the debate by sort of trying to reclaim some terminology because, you know, for example, you could believe in, uh, you know, six 24 hour days of creation and put them 4.5 billion years ago. Um, you know, but that I, mean, I don't know anyone that does that, but to, so simply to say I'm a six day creationist, I, you could be that and believe in an old earth, you know, so right. it, it should be a bizarre position to hold, but 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 it shows that it's not actually quite the point. It's not yeah. simply how long these days are. It's about what happened on those days. It's about sequences of events, how that relates to you know the creation of humanity and everything else. And and similarly, it's not that sort of uh, there's a particular age of the earth that suddenly makes you um, sort of out of bounds. It, it's 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 relative to, to Adam. It's relative to anything Adam was made so it's not about a sort of particular figure in and of itself and and so this basically boils down to the idea of, of order of events and, and really what we're saying is that the order of events in the bible is different to that in evolutionary history so if i so to, to put it the other way around you could say that 
uh, you know, if someone was to say, you know, the, the earth was made 6,000 years ago, but you had death there right from the start, I would, I would, I would have big problems with that, even though they were believing in a, in a young earth, because they're mm. getting the order of events wrong. And, and what I was trying to argue is that this is actually a mainstream theological methodology, uh, because it's actually one used by the Apostle Paul. How does he construct his theological arguments? Well, for example, in Galatians 3, he constructs his argument on the basis of what happened first, you know, the order of events. That is actually very significant for constructing his theology. So I was just trying to apply the same principle on this whole creation issue. So that mm. I was just trying to reframe it in that way as, as a sort of here's a biblical methodology for our creationist approach. It's not simply that we're plucking out these verses. It's actually a, a, a biblically based methodology we're using here. Mm. And then uh, there's also this uh, suggestion of Christ-centred creationism. Now, you, you, this is not just a, an attempt at one-upmanship to say, you know, we're more Christ-centred <laughs> than you. There is actually some some uh, reasoning that's gone into this term, isn't there, Stephen? Yeah, that was, well, that, that made it three Cs, which was even better, you see, you know, <laughs> so you've got um, CCC. Yeah. Uh, and again, this was a, from a, from a, a talk and, and, I think what I was doing in this talk was was trying to say, rather than start with sort of Genesis 1-1, um, as some people do, uh, understandably, what if we started from something that every Christian would agree is pretty central, you know, the incarnation. So John 1-14, the word became flesh. And in effect, I was trying to sort of derive what we would call creationism, you know, starting, starting from there. Um, that if that actually if you believe that and, and see the sort of theological implications of that if you're going to be consistent you basically have to be a creationist so 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 it's in that sense i was uh, it meant sort of christ-centered in that we're, we're starting we're starting from christ we're starting from the incarnation incarnation what implications does that have for origins yeah yeah now todd um i did uh, briefly mention i almost there for a moment attributed it to Stephen but of course it was actually a suggestion by Hans Madawami yeah uh, who is a biblical scholar uh, and he suggested this term dogmatic creationist right um, tell us about that um yeah well it's uh, so one of the things and I I don't know that this is American creationism or if this is you know everywhere but uh there's just a sense there's a growing sense i think among the seminary world that the science has been settled there are no more debates or no more discussion evolution is a fact as stephen jay gould put it and we just have to move on right and we're gonna have to just figure out how to deal with it theologically because it's reality and that's the end and so and, and implicit in that, of course, is that young age creationism as a scientific program has been a total failure. It has not provided good reasons to reject evolution, and it has not provided good evidence that the Earth is young or that there is there are created kinds or anything like that. It's just been a total failure. Uh, so rather than just straightforwardly challenging that, that attitude... Uh, the idea would be with dogmatic creationism is that, you know what, we have enough warrant and justification from scripture and the tradition of the church to say science has made some mistakes, some really big, important mistakes, and that, you know, the earth is really young and we're just going to be dogmatic about it. And he means it not, and I definitely need to understand this, he doesn't mean it in the bad sense of being dogmatic in this sort of pejorative way that people use it, but in the, the good sense of being it's it's just a matter of dogma. It's just a matter of our Christian faith. And, you know, we're just going to have to believe that the scientific questions are going to be resolved someday. And then, you know, we're just going to be dogmatic creationists in the meantime. And, yeah. So, yeah, it has that word dogma in it, which, of course, is pejorative and people don't like dogma. And so, mm. I don't know. Do you, uh, do you, it is do essentially you think... a technical term that, yes. you know, for, for you know, Christian Christian doctrine or mainstream Christian yeah. doctrine. So that, yeah. that's, 
how it's being used, but you're right, how it's heard by non-specialists, it's, it's yeah. the, the wrong yeah. word. Yeah, I don't want yeah. to talk about science because I'm just dogmatic about my creationism, which is not, yeah. not the intention, and it's, it's certainly not the way it's supposed to be yeah. understood. And I guess some of us might want to challenge that overly sort of pessimistic view, perhaps, of <laughs> yeah. the state of the science. So, yeah. so that's, a, that's. And I don't think thing. I don't think Hans uh, would say that that pessimistic view is correct. No. In fact, I know he would say that pessimistic view is incorrect. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, there are a lot of people who just who are either you know, casually convinced because that's just what they heard or they're intimidated by a bunch of other smart people who say that that's true. And so, you know, who am I to judge? I don't know. It must be true. And so, you know, he's trying to sort of fit into that world and say, look, there are other reasons besides just, you know, the, the, the enlightenment demands of having a rational, scientific, empirical reason justification for every belief that you have sometimes god said it is really enough um yeah so do i like it eh, i don't use it dogmatic you know it's just too pejorative and and in the world of creationism where we're already depicted as being horribly close-minded and dogmatic it just strikes me as really the wrong word <laughs> yeah. Yeah. i don't know that i want to embrace that particular um that particular insult, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, there are a couple of other um, labels that I just want to explore before we start to sort of bring things to a conclusion. Um, one of them, Stephen, is one that you used uh, in a chapter that you wrote in a book. Um, it, it was a chapter in Debating Darwin, published in 2009 by Paternoster. Um, where you were kind of giving a, a defense of the creationist position, an argument from the resurrection of Jesus. Um, and one of the arguments that, that you kind of used in that chapter was what you referred to as no agony before Adam. And uh, I just wondered, first of all, if you could sort of un unpack what you mean by that, no agony before Adam. And then perhaps this sort of leads into this latest um, piece that you uh, wrote for the BCT prayer letter, uh, where you propose this idea of ABC, and you can perhaps tell us what that means too. Okay, yeah, that was the one Todd didn't like, yeah. Yep. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that actually the no agony before Adam, I think actually was coined by a friend of mine, um, but... Um, the, the point was to, to focus on the issue of, of, of suffering and therefore sort of death. Um, so something that's, that's, that's very central, has an immediate link to the atonement, something apologetically very important, you know, the problem of suffering. Mm. And, and saying that is, is absent before uh, Adam's sin. And, and I guess using this term agony, partly as a, an A to go with the Adam, um, but but also to emphasize that, if you like, we're taking a sort of, um, not exactly a worst case scenario, but, but for the sake of argument, let's assume there could be a certain limited degree of pain in the original creation. I, I'm not exactly sure exactly how all that worked. I mean, it seems to me you must have had some sort of sensation touch or whatever, you know, at what point does that become pain? At what point does that become something unpleasant? Um, for the sake of argument, let's not worry too much about where you want to draw the line on that. Let's just say that the, if you like, the extreme pain, the pain that's much more than what's simply needed to, to uh, warn of danger, you know, something like the pain of childbirth, you know, which just so happens to be one of the things that's mentioned uh, there in Genesis, you know, let, let's say that that wasn't there before Adam's fall. And, um, and, it's, and it also actually links into animal, animal death and suffering, um, that uh, mm. we actually think animal suffering is a bad thing, which is, uh, mm. I think, a problem if you're a theistic evolutionist. Mm. So, so that was about just trying to sort of define the debate in, in the sort of a, a sort of uh, a focused way, but it, it, it's, it's only sort of one aspect of it. Now, the, the ABC, Adam from the beginning of creation. Um, yeah, I, I must tell you what my daughter thought of this uh, later <laughs> on. Um, she wasn't happy either. Um, it, it, believe it or not, it didn't start with the acronym. Um, 
I was actually sort of toying around with these ideas and thinking, well, actually, what I'm trying to say is you've got humanity there from the start of creation, which is totally different to obviously to the whole evolutionary scheme where, you know, humanity is this afterthought. We've been around for, you know, 0.005% of Earth history. And that's what kids are taught in school. You know, they're told about humanity's insignificance on the basis of the fact that we're just this recent, you know, appearance of life on Earth. So it is a totally, so it's a, it's a very sort of tangible difference in worldview to then say, no, no, we were there right at the beginning. Also, I think tricky for a theistic evolutionist, because um, if you're saying that humanity is there as the stewards of creation, well, you didn't have any humanity there for almost the entire you know, history of creation. So, you know, what, what was going on then, you know? So, um, so I was thinking, you know, humanity there from the beginning of creation, and then it suddenly occurred to me, I think as I was um, cycling home after I thought of this, well, hang on, it's Adam. And if you say Adam, then it becomes ABC, you know? So, and, and I think the, the thing I, I was positive about this label was that it did have a sort of a biblical resonance. You know, we're not using this term young, we're actually echoing Jesus's words, you know, about he created the male and female from the beginning of creation. Um, I think the, well, the comment of one of my daughters was um, almost, it sounds slightly heretical as if it's almost putting Adam, as if Adam is almost like God, you know, that it's, it could be misheard as sort of Adam is the biggest and most important thing, um, which obviously isn't quite what I'm getting at. So I, I don't think it trips off the tongue terribly well. I don't think it's, yeah, um, it, but it, it does more accurately describe where we're coming from though, I think. Um, so I'm, I'm not set on it, but if it promotes some thought, then that's a good thing. That's yeah. a good thought though. I, I, I like the idea that, that it's, um, you're getting it off the, the, the particular young or old issue you're putting it back onto an issue that really does distinguish us and it distinguishes us well, right? Because this is a pretty crucial thing and it is what Jesus said from the beginning. And, and you you know, if you're an old earth creationist, you couldn't subscribe to this, you know, a theistic evolutionist couldn't subscribe to this or for that matter, a, a gap theorist. Um, so it, it does actually distinguish us because I think, it's easy for people to sort of lump old earth creationist with almost closer to young earth creationist than theistic evolutionist. Whereas actually they are far, far closer to being a theistic evolutionist because they accept yeah, the so. basic evolutionary chronology. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Now, um, are there any other uh, labels that, you know, while we're at it, you think we should throw into the mix and talk about, or do you think we've kind of exhausted the main possibilities? I mean, I'm sure there are others. Yeah, there's always there's always somebody who's got some idea of yeah. make a new name. Yeah. And and the trick is we talk about all these names and nothing is caught on like young earth creationist, no. right? <laughs> right. Just, yeah. It is and this what kind it of is. Th this kind of leads me then to so the last thing that I th I think we should just briefly touch upon, which is what do we do about this? You know, we we've talked about these various labels um some of them are things that we use to describe ourselves some of them are terms that have been applied to us um we think that all of them have pros and cons you know there there are there are some advantages there are some drawbacks um where do we go from here uh do you have a particular preference at the moment for a label um do you think it's even worth trying to invest effort into proposing some new label? How, how would that work? Um, so, so what do you think about that, Stephen? Yeah, I think it's really hard actually, in terms of what, what we do about this, because you can't sort of stop other people saying things about you or describing you in certain ways. Um, you obviously have a bit more control over how you describe yourself, but if that, become so sort of opaque or weird it sort of does sort of defeat the point at least if you're not at least if you're not in a situation where you've got the scope to explain what you mean by that so it does so much depend on on the situation you're talking about where um you know is, is this a 30 second 
you know, piece on a secular radio show or, or is it you're giving a lecture to a load of seminary students, you know, you, it's going to be different in those different settings. And, and I think as well, I'm, I'm, I'm loath, you know, someone says, oh, you're a young earth creationist, even though I don't like the label, I, I'm loath to sort of say I'm not because I, I don't want to be seen as distancing myself from people who are basically, in a sense, you know, I might disagree with them in different ways, but my, my friends and my brothers and sisters in Christ, you know, that we are actually on the same, you know, on the same page basically here, you know, we might treat our science a bit differently, we might use some slightly different arguments, you know, some might be a bit more flaky than others, but we're, you know, we're, we're on the same side. So, and I don't want to be sort of seen in almost a slightly snooty way, actually, as, as distancing yourself. So um, I think all you can do is, is just keep making the case to best describe what you think is the right position in, in the different settings you're in. And, and I think over time, sometimes that can change the debate. Um, you know, I, I don't know how many people use the term stratomorphic intermediate amongst creationists or, or for that matter, anti-creationists, but um, I'm sure if you just keep doing it all the time, eventually people will start adopting that a bit. <laughs> Todd, have you got any final thoughts? Yeah. Uh, I, for me, what it's come down to is just basically spelling out what I really think about things, giving a thoughtful and measured and nuanced um, position on whatever. So... You know, it's always, yes, I am a young age creationist, but let me tell you what that means. And then sort of, you know, spell it out. So right now I'm working on a, probably shouldn't say this, but I will anyway. I'm working on a big thing to try to tie together philosophy of science, the relationship of science and faith and hermeneutics all into one big package and it's insane and complicated and i'm probably a bit off more than i can chew and who knows if it'll ever see the light of day but yeah i think it's it's that's the sort of thing that i want to do is is just sort of lay all my cards on the table this is what i think okay and i'm not holding anything back i'm not gonna try to trick you or, or just unstate some certain assumption that's really critical. I want everybody to know just this is what I think. Um, and to me, that's that's at least as important as um, a name. Um, the name is important. Yep, I agree. And it would be nice if we had a nice, convenient name for the sorts of things that we believe in and why we think they're important. Um, but at the end of the day, the people who are sort of turned off by a name necessarily are maybe not the ones I really want to interact with anyway. I want those thoughtful people who are thinking, well, what kind of weirdo would believe this? Why would you think that? And yeah, and they're willing to pick up a book or they're willing to look at a YouTube video or something and, and try to figure out what's this guy's problem? Well, is he crazy? Yeah, let me tell you all about it. And now I got an audience that's actually going to try to engage with what I'm thinking rather than just, you know, shooting names at me. So, yeah, yeah that that's that's pretty much where I've landed on this this question. Hmm. Well, that's been a fascinating discussion, and we're very very grateful uh, to you, Stephen, for joining us for this episode and and exploring some of these um, very interesting questions with us. Uh, do check us out on uh, social media, um, like, share, subscribe, uh, leave us a positive review uh, wherever you uh, find our podcast. Uh, you can check out all of our streaming options and you'll also find the show notes on the podcast um, webpage. Uh, Todd, where do people find that? Our podcast webpage is uh, at coresci.org slash podcast and uh, that's c-o-r-e-s-c-i dot o-r-g and there you will find uh, the archive of past shows you will also find the show notes that will give you links to all the sorts of things that we discussed in an episode um, so you can check up on us and and make sure that we've cited and referenced everything correctly 
<laughs> and if you've got any questions or comments about the things that we've been talking about today or in any of our other episodes, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, you can email us at podcast at corsi.org. And finally, um, please, please do consider uh, donating if you've enjoyed uh, listening to the podcast. We, we really do appreciate um, your support. We, we can't do uh, what we do without your support. Um, we're uh, both Core Academy of Science and Biblical Creation Trust are both quite small organisations. And uh, your gifts, however small, really do make a very big difference. Uh, if you want to find out how to uh, give to Biblical Creation Trust, then you can visit our webpage. It's biblicalcreationtrust.org and there's a donate button on the homepage. And Todd, how, how would people give to Core Academy? You can visit us at coresci.org slash donate. And that will give you our address where you can send checks or you can sign up for a regular uh, debit uh, on PayPal, or you can just make a PayPal contribution, one-time deal. Uh, and yes, we are we're entering that 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 final uh, point of the year here, where we are we're really uh, scrambling to um, meet our budget. And we would be very very grateful for your support if you've really enjoyed what we've been doing this year with the podcast. And I know I have. Um, yeah, how about some how about some uh, financial support for our our continuing work here? Yeah. That would be very, very welcome. Well, Todd, um, I don't think we know at this point what we're going to be doing in our next episode. Uh, so people are just going to have to come along and, and tune in to find out what the uh, topic is next time. Uh, but that will be in two weeks time. Uh, the next episode will drop in a fortnight and we'll see you there. All right. See you later. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Let's Talk Creation. If you have questions, send them to podcast at corsi.org. That's P-O-D-C-A-S-T at C-O-R-E-S-C-I dot org. And be sure to let your friends know about Let's Talk Creation. And check us out on social media. Thank you.